Oh, my goodness. All right, so I was getting in the car this morning, and, uh, you know, it was still a little bit dark, and uh, as I got in, I, I, I turned on the car, and, and uh, I'd been listening to uh, a preacher radio station. I don't listen to preacher radio stations very often, uh, uh, but I just happened to be listening to a preacher radio station last night when I parked the car. So when I turned it on, it was on that preacher radio station. It was John MacArthur preaching. I, I love me some John MacArthur now. I'm telling you, I love me some John MacArthur. Uh, when I stopped listening to it yesterday, it was Adrian Rogers. I'm loving me some Adrian Rogers too. I mean, man, I'm loaded up. I didn't get to preach but one time last week, so y'all are in trouble. Uh, but anyway, I, it was John MacArthur on the radio, and, and he was preaching a sermon. Uh, and, uh, and, and while he's talking, uh, there was a battle of signals. Have, and some of our younger people might not understand the battle of signals. Uh, those of us who uh, used to, in our cars, all you had was AM radio and didn't have any FM, uh, you understand the battle of signals. The battle of signals is where you have one radio station that's trying to bleed through and be the dominant station, but there's another signal, another frequency that's kind of jumping on top of it and making a lot of noise. And so John MacArthur was preaching, and 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 the, the other uh, radio station that was jumping on top of John MacArthur was some rap station. <laughs> Guys, if y'all don't know who John MacArthur is... Let me just say, you could not find two polar opposites than a rap station and John MacArthur. And I thought to myself, man, that's, that's our journey. That, that's the kind of journey we have in our everyday life. We have the Word of God speaking to us. And as followers of Jesus, we hear that word and it, and it applies to our life and we're encouraged by that herb, but, word, but, but then we have the battle of frequencies in our head. And we have the word of God speaking to us and then we have all those other voices speaking to us. Those other voices, and, and my therapist, Bonnie Herb, is in the house at 8 o'clock. So, Bonnie, I'm going to admit to the whole crew that I hear voices uh, so we'll have our appointment tomorrow. Okay, thank you. Uh, but but ha- have you ever heard those voices where you hear the Word of God speaking? But then those other voices, those other voices that say, man, you're kind of worthless. Those other voices that speak to us and say, uh, man, you better do a better job today than, than, than you did yesterday. You're just not going to make it. Those other voices that say, you're unworthy of love. Those other voices that say you better earn some acceptance. Those other voices that, 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 that draw you into a, a, a life of despair or hopelessness or hard work trying to earn your way to, to, to find acceptance and satisfaction in life. You've got the Word of God speaking to you, but you've got these other discordant uh, tones and tunes and lyrics playing in your head. That leads you down a path that is certain to cause you greater pain and sorrow and grief. And the battle of the frequencies, which one wins in your life? Which voices are you listening to most of all? And it doesn't have to be those outside voices. It, it could be just you talking to you. And one of my greatest struggles and probably yours as well, is 
I get so consumed with self sometimes. All I can think about is me. You ever find yourself in that place? All you can think about is yourself. All I can think about is myself. And, and it begins to drive out the truth of God that speaks to me about something other than just what's in it for me. Maybe it's circumstances. It, may, 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 maybe it's, it's just the circumstances that are swirling around you. And it's the, the beat and the, and, the, and the pop and the pain of, of, of circumstances that are out of your control, that are debilitating you and, and withering your soul. And you hear those circumstances and, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it leads you to, to, to despair. It, now, whatever the voices are, they're speaking to you and they're pounding on you and they're battling in this war of, of frequencies in your soul. One of the reasons we have worship together is to fine-tune the frequency so that the Word of God, the truth of God, is stronger than those other frequencies that are playing in our mind and in our heart. And communion is a very specialized form of worship for us. It's a very specialized form because communion leads us to celebrate what God has done for us. Communion is that, that, that opportunity to, to refine the frequency, to tune our hearts and our minds to celebrate what God has done for us in the person of Jesus So as we prepare for communion and focusing our mind, I want us to turn to Ephesians chapter 1. And and, and here is Paul sitting in prison. And and all the outside voices and inside voices are battling in his soul. They have to be. He's sitting in a Roman prison cell and and he hears the, the scurry on the street outside and he feels the pain of the chain on his wrists and his feet. He, 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 he hears the, the, the sobbing and the crying in the cells down the row and, and, and all of the circumstances that are surrounding him begin to weigh on his soul. And, and if anybody had a, had a reason to be down and out and filled with despair and hopelessness, it was certainly Paul in that situation. He was chained and he was uncertain about his future. And he was confident that, that things could go wrong. And yet, Paul takes pen and parchment in hand and he begins to, to write a song of celebration fit for heaven's praise. In Ephesians chapter 1, similar, similar passage to Colossians chapter 1. The Apostle Paul begins writing in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, in love having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure 
of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him, being Jesus, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. That in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him, in him, Jesus, we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. I want us to focus today on how communion helps us celebrate how, how communion retunes our heart and our soul and our mind to celebrate. There are a lot of things in our world that seem to be bad news. And there are a lot of things in our life that call out for despair. But in the midst of a topsy-turvy kind of world, we have a reason to celebrate, a reason to celebrate that is bigger than any difficulty and drama and, and, and despairing note that might haunt us. Communion helps us focus and refocus on the reason that we should celebrate every day throughout the day, regardless of those other voices kind of barrage us. Now, Paul, he was singing a song of praise, even though he was in prison. But as we look and and as we look at this passage, he begins with a blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is um, uh, who has, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I mean, we could stop there. But he, he, he also talks about how God has chosen us before the foundation of the world. How that he has brought us into the very family of his own. And in verse 7, the Apostle Paul tells us how that took place. Now, I, I focus in on verse 7, number one, because I want us to get to communion. I focus on verse 7 because verse 7 is what communion is all about. But also focus on verse 7 because verse 7 is everything about Jesus and what he does for us. All that God has done to bless us with every spiritual blessing begins in verse 7. For us to experience that blessing personally, it takes God sending Jesus To rescue us. Now, as we go through our day and, and as we prepare for communion, as, as we prepare for this meal that celebrates 
the death of Jesus Christ. Let's key in on verse 7 and see how that we can celebrate, regardless of the discordant notes that go around us, go on around us, how can we celebrate? And we celebrate as followers of Jesus because we have intimacy with Jesus. We live in intimate fellowship with Jesus. The Apostle Paul begins in verse 7, in him. Literally in the Greek, it's a unique preposition that means that we are to be immersed in Jesus. It's because we are connected with him in the closest possible relationship. Now make no mistake, not everyone is in him. Not everyone in this world is in him. Not everyone in this world is made in the image and the likeness of God. But every person in this world has been separated from God by sin. And that separation is irreparable by us. But Jesus, who loves us, has made a way for us to be in him. For us to have fellowship, friendship with him. For us to be in heart-to-heart relationship with holy God. The reason we as followers of Jesus should celebrate even when we feel the chain on our wrists and on our feet, even when the circumstances cry out for despair, is because we are in him. We have the closest connection with Jesus we could ever possibly have. We are connected to Jesus not because of the works that we have done, but because Jesus has built a bridge to us. By dying on a cross. Not because of the works that we have done, but because Jesus in his great love left the throne room of heaven to dwell among us and to demonstrate the glory of God for us. Guys, you are not in Christ Jesus because of anything that you have done or anything that you could do or anything that you will do. There's only one way to be in Christ Jesus, and that is for Jesus to come to us. That's exactly what he's done. Guys, the God of the universe, the creator of the cosmos, has come to us. If that doesn't give us a reason to celebrate, I don't know what will. We live in intimate fellowship with Jesus. We celebrate as we take communion. We celebrate in this very tangible form the the way that Jesus has come to us. The cracker, the bread symbolizing his body, the cup symbolizing his blood, the bread symbolizing his flesh and bone. He came to be one of us, among us, fully human, yet fully God. We have intimacy with Jesus We can celebrate. Jesus has come to us. Communion helps us celebrate and refocuses our hearts to celebrate, not only because we have intimacy with Jesus, but also because Jesus has set us free in whom we have redemption through his blood. Redemption. The Greek term means a release. It means a payment price for the debt that is owed. 
The term there for redemption is a picture of how Jesus came and laid himself out as the sacrifice to pay the debt of sin. It's a picture of you and me in bondage to our sin. Irreparably damaged, irreparably dead because of our sin and our trespass, because of the crimes that we have done against God, yet Jesus came to set us free. He came to give his life a ransom for many. And Jesus Jesus came to set us free, but it wasn't something that was price, that didn't have a price tag attached to it. He came to set us free by shedding his own blood. Death that our sin demands called for death. And Jesus paid the price of that death when he died on a cross. See, we believe that we can celebrate because of God's great love for us unworthy sinners that he sent Jesus to take our place upon a cross to die for us to set us free and Jesus came to set us free and if you are in him then you know that you have been set free if you are in Christ Jesus if you have friendship and fellowship with Jesus because of what he has done for you and you trusting that as your very own and taking hold of that as as your way of life now then you know that you have been set free so that sin may no longer have dominion over you Next week, we begin a series on Romans 13. We're going to take three weeks and preach through Romans 13. And one of my favorite passages, Romans 13, verses 11 through 14. Now read it and get ready for it. But because Jesus has set us free, we are indeed free, set at liberty. We are no longer bound in the cell of our sin, but the price has been paid. For our sin's debt. We celebrate because we have been set free. And we are set free not because we do good things. Not because we prayed certain prayers. Not because we take bread and a cup and, 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 and have a ritual here. We're set free because Jesus took our place upon a cross. And died in our place to give us a key. Uh, to, uh, to, to set his key of grace in the lock of our cell and unlock it and set us free forever. We celebrate because Jesus has set us free. We celebrate because Jesus paid the full debt for our sin. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness here flows along with redemption. Redemption is the agreement. Forgiveness is the result. Redemption is the activity. Forgiveness is the result for us. The picture of forgiveness is sending our sins, guilt, running away. As far as the east is from the west. It is the beautiful picture of Jesus wiping the slate clean for us. 
Again, not because we went through religious exercises, not because we did certain things, but all because of Jesus and Jesus alone. He paid the debt. Not what we did, but what he did. Not what we'll do, but because of what he has done. Jesus has paid the debt. Now, guys, listen. You are debt-free in every way that matters. Your eternity has been secured by Jesus Christ. We celebrate because we're no longer hanging under the weight of our sin's guilt. We've been set free, and our debt has been paid in full. For Christ suffered once for the unjust so that he might bring us to God. Today, we celebrate because Jesus has paid the full debt of our sin. And finally, we celebrate because we have been made rich in God's grace. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of his grace. It is the riches of God's grace that motivated God to send Jesus to take our place upon a cross. It is the riches of God's grace, not what we do, not the works that we have done. It's not that we somehow earned this grace or merited God's mercy. It is only God's grace. It is from uh, the, the time immemorial God looked down the corridor of eternity and he determined that this would be grace for us that Jesus would do for us what we could not do for ourselves. And that was make us friends with God himself. Guys, we need to celebrate because we have been made rich in grace. We've been made rich in this wondrous grace of a living God who valued me, a sinner, unworthy, unholy, unrighteous. And yet God, in his love for me, a sinner, provided the way for my rescue, for my forgiveness, for my family friendship with God. So as we take communion together this morning, and you have this battle going on in your mind and, and that battle may, may have different tunes and different lyrics, different melodies and harmonies. And, and you have all these things that are, that are pressing in and, and fighting you. Today, will you drown out the noise by focusing on what Jesus has done for you in him? We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of his grace which he has lavished on us. As we take communion, understand that this meal is nothing magical or supernatural. It is simply a reminder. It's a retuning of our hearts and our minds and our souls to celebrate 
Jesus. The bread is a picture of the body of Jesus, broken for sinners like you and me. The cup is a picture of the blood of Jesus, shed so that we might be forgiven our sin. So as you take the cup and as you take the bread, just hold it in your hand and ask the Spirit of God to retune your focus on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, to retune and refocus on Jesus. who provided a way for you to be part of God's family through faith in Him. Take the cup, take the bread, and celebrate. Would you bow your heads, please? Father, in these next few moments as we take communion together in the silence that will follow I pray that we would all just spend time to reflect and remember. In the silence of these next few moments, may our hearts be tuned to the joy that is ours. May we resoundingly declare, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. In love, having predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters. Oh God, help for us to celebrate that because of Jesus, We have life. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.